0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hey, everybody, welcome to another Marketing News Canada podcast, Canada's number one podcast in all things marketing, advertising, and communications. I'm your host, Ted Lau, and today we have Matthew Royce. Matthew is the marketing director for Syntax, a leading global managed cloud provider for mission-critical applications. Matthew has 20 years of experience in marketing and communications, working in many industries such as financial services, technology, media, and entertainment. Matthew taught social media and digital marketing classes at Duke University and is also known as the knowledge enthusiast, which we'll get into shortly. Matthew, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, hey, how's it going over there?
1: Doing great. It's a beautiful day and I'm excited to be on this podcast. Well,
0: thank you for joining us. So yeah, let's start. We always ask kind of origin stories, how how you got to where you are and want to know a a little bit about you and and definitely do do share about Knowledge Enthusiast. I I want to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, I've been in marketing 20 years, but it all started when I went to uh, Penn State. I was doing an internship over the summer at a local PBS station during college and I worked as a marketing and promotions intern and that's where I started in marketing. It really crystallized, you know, my thoughts and opinions that I was destined to be a, a marketer. So I also had an internship at ProBAX and BDA. It was an entertainment and marketing association in Los Angeles. And I was hooked on marketing and entertainment after that internship. So that's where it all started. Um, and then my first job after college was at a local 24-hour news station where I was a marketing and promotions assistant for this TV channel in Washington, D.C. Then I moved over to National Geographic Channel for a while as a publicist for Caesar Milan, the Dog Whisperer, and Lisa Ling, you know, the host of Explorer. And she was also the on-air personality uh, when Oprah was around. So, uh, and then later in my career, I shifted towards technology. And so I just love the three areas of technology, entertainment, and marketing. Really, those three areas have defined my marketing career. And so I'm blessed to be thankful to be in those industries.
0: That's really cool. And so you've traveled and lived and worked in many parts of the states.
1: Yeah, I lived in uh, Washington, D.C. for a while, Chicago, yeah. and now Raleigh, North Carolina.
0: Are there any differences when, when it comes to marketing when when you're in different cities? I know that every city has a, you know, a little bit of different culture. And so what resonates in, in different cities? Did you ever find any differences there?
1: Well, I really found you know in DC it's very government driven. You know, it was blessed, uh, it was also entertainment driven uh, with National Geographic Channel being there. Chicago was more advertising driven. Uh, I worked for a PR firm there in, in Chicago and as well as technology driven. And then all here down in Raleigh, it's definitely technology driven and there's more uh, bio pharmacy, you know, some. Pharmaceutical company. So I would say each of the different cities has uh, big industries, and that's really you know, dictated some of my career.
0: What's changed? I mean, you've been around the block a couple times, it looks like, or around the country, I guess, in your case. What what have you seen as the biggest the biggest changes that has affected your career and, and the industry?
1: Well, I would say the shift towards digital. I mean, definitely with the global pandemic, uh, you know, everyone went more digital. But I would say, you know, for some of my companies, you know, just getting, you know, from some of my companies, you know, changing their mindset about marketing from a cost center to more of a value creator and and getting them out of the 20th century and into the 21st century with digital marketing and social media and content marketing. So, you know, I've been blessed to learn about that on the side, you know, through blogs, through attending conferences, to learning a lot about social media, and then implementing what I've learned in my personal life, and then bringing it to my professional life. And and that's really been a key to my success.
0: And how did you get to Syntax?
1: So I got to Syntax, I left uh, after I worked at Forsyth. So Forsyth got acquired by uh, Sirius Computer Solutions out of San Antonio, Texas. Forsyth was out of Chicago. And you know, I, I was here in Raleigh already and then Freudenberg IT, which is SAP's seventh customer, Freudenberg Group, the, the big group of the IT, sold off Freudenberg IT to Syntex. Syntex is a Canadian based company out of Montreal. And so Syntax bought Freudenberg IT and that's how I got got to Syntax.
0: You come to up to Montreal much?
1: I have. Uh, I think I've been there one time. My uh, cousin used to play for the Montreal Expos. So uh, oh, really? wow. I, I, I know Montreal. I a mean, they don't have a team though. anymore because yeah. it's now the Washington Nationals. But uh, yeah, I have fond fondness for uh, the Montreal Expos. He also played for the Toronto Blue Jays. So uh, I have uh, fondness for, for both. Uh, well, previously both Canadian teams.
0: Do we, do we have a name that you can drop here? Or? Uh, yeah,
1: Darren Fletcher. He was my cousin. So he was wow. a catcher.
0: Very nice. Mm-hmm. And then how did you start uh, with the whole um, knowledge enthusiast, the blog and writing all yeah, that so stuff? That, that started in my
1: days at National Geographic Channel. We had a little internal contest of, of picking out who our target audience was. So it was 25 to 54-year-old males. And we had to come up with a contest to how do you describe what our target audience was? And I came up with the term knowledge enthusiast because a lot of the males were looking for knowledge and they were very enthusiastic about it. So I, I coined that term. And it, I said, if I ever left National Geographic Channel, that would be the name of my blog. So I, I took that idea because I love the name and uh, that, that's how knowledge enthusiast became what it is today. And so now I'm seeing more and more people use that term enthusiasts. Not a lot of people use the term knowledge enthusiast. Hopefully they will. You know, I want more people to really have that quest for knowledge.
0: How long have you been writing?
1: I've been writing my entire career, but uh, I started my blog back in 2012 and it's just recently taken off uh, because I found out that you don't have to publish You know, every day. I I've realized if you just publish Tuesday and Thursday, that's enough to to get the job done. And then I've also been blessed where some people have uh, been guest blog contributors. So if I don't have time to write, they would uh, submit content to me and that that keeps a constant drumbeat of content uh, for my audience at knowledgeenthusiast.com.
0: Do you think that is just your audience that happens to be Tuesdays and Thursdays or was there a particular stat that you found?
1: I found, based on what the stats I looked at, that Tuesdays and Thursdays are the most times of when people read. And uh, and uh, and it makes sense because, you know, Monday people are recovering or, you know, just digging out from the weekend. Tuesday, they have a little bit more time to consume content. Wednesday, it gets a little bit busier with meetings, so they don't have as much time. And then Thursday, it opens up a little bit uh, before the weekend. So I really found that Tuesdays and Thursdays are the sweet spot for me.
0: Now, as a content marketer, I think you... You probably know. You actually alluded to the fact that, hey, it takes takes a little bit of time. It takes, I think, what nine years? I think is what you said. Uh, you know, to yes. to kind of start getting that lift off. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for for someone that's starting a blog, YouTube, or or whatnot? Because nine years is a long time, man. Like that's, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of people fall for the for the myth of the fallacy of overnight success. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks it's you know success happens overnight you know when 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 celebrities or movie stars you know break out they're like oh look at that overnight success that the media says well that guy or that woman has been been doing it you know for many years before they ever broke out and so i think in our in our society we're very driven by what's next or the shiny object and it's really the long term game not it's not going to happen tomorrow and so it's about patience it's about making sure you continually be reliable to your audience, really understand what your audience wants and then create content for what your audience is looking for.
0: Do you do a lot of engagement with the audiences uh, or is it simply for you you write kind of whatever's on your mind?
1: I write about digital marketing. I mean, I have a fondness for digital marketing, you know, content marketing, uh, search engine optimization. I also have a fondness for lead generation. That's what I do a lot at uh, Syntax. So anything that's really of a fondness as it comes to digital marketing and then how I can help others grow their career in digital marketing, that's really my sweet spot of what I like to concentrate and write about.
0: Let's talk about lead generation. My agency, Ballistic Arts, we, you know, in Vancouver here, we actually uh, focus on lead generation digital marketing. And I find that a lot of marketers shy away from that because I think it has this kind of it's kind of part of the sales process. I'm not really sure I'm I'm fond of that. How do you how do you you know advise marketers to to do something that is more not just shiny and creative, but actually gonna affect the bottom line and, and what tips and tricks do you have?
1: Yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity for marketers not to concentrate on lead generation. And that's how marketers don't get the respect from other organizations, especially sales, is if they're not bringing in the leads to sales. I wrote a recent article about that marketing is now sales. So if you think about it, and, then, and you really think about it sales is now marketing. So mm-hmm. everyone in your organization probably thinks they're a marketing expert so you have to be better than everyone in your organization when it comes to marketing to show them, hey, yes, we appreciate your opinion but have you thought about this, have you thought about that? As it relates to lead generation, that is the number one thing that marketers should concentrate on. but you know marketing has a bad reputation because you know other departments think that it's fluff or polish, or, you know, there's not really that value that marketing adds. So so if you don't start with lead generation, even demand generation first, marketing is not to get the respect. So marketing needs to get the respect of other departments first through lead generation, and then go over to branding and other things which don't have the metrics or, you know, growing the business as much. And so usually where marketing departments fall behind is if they don't make lead generation their number one priority.
0: And so do you have any tips for those that work in a marketing department for a large corporation and it's like, well, you know, we're just doing brand you know, we're doing a lot of market research and seeing how our brand resonates with our audience and all that kind of stuff. And how how do you get them to pivot?
1: Yeah, so it really starts with quality content, really getting to understand your audience. And it's really simple. I look at content marketing as answering questions that your customers and prospects have through your content. If you can answer all the questions through your content, you're doing a good job. And that's where leads start. Leads start by, you know, getting business card information from downloading a white paper or e-book, you know, filling out an ad on LinkedIn through LinkedIn-sponsored content. The key is to have a healthy mix. Don't rely on just one mix, such as digital ads, and really have a key mix uh, in terms of uh, your your marketing channels. And and another tip I have is you got to track it. I feel like a finance person because I'm living in Excel spreadsheets all the time. If I track how many leads I generate, how many leads are qualified, how many sales qualified leads we get through our inside sales team, how many of those leads turn into opportunities within our uh, CRM, such as salesforce.com, and then how many of those turn into customers. So you really have to track the whole lead journey or the customer journey from start to end. To really show the value that marketing provides when it comes to lead generation.
0: Well, it's really about using both sides of the brain, right? Like I've I've had my agency, oh gosh, almost two decades here. And, you know, we were creative guys for the whole time. For, for the first 17 or so years, it was just creative, creative, creative. Uh, you know, just, just how's this Pantone and how's this graphic and all that kind of stuff, right? And now because we are doing more lead generation, it's really about, like you said, numbers. Like, you kind of feel like a finance guy. Like my my COO is a, a huge data nerd and he he dives really deeply into spreadsheets. But being able to marry those two has kind of been our secret sauce. And is there a balance like that or a secret you know, ingredient recipe that you have? Like what's the mix between creative and data that was it just 50-50?
1: Yeah, I think you have a good question. I think everyone's looking for that silver bullet or that secret. There is no secret. The secret is consistently be good every day. And so you need to have a little bit of the great creative as well as the analytical part. And so, yeah, I mean, the best is probably 50-50 left side of your brain and right side of your brain. Now, where the challenge a lot of marketers have is that they're not good at having, you know, 50-50 as it comes to both sides of their brain. Usually one person is better at the left side versus the right, or one's better at the right versus the left. In terms of analytics versus creativeness is where I'm getting at with the left and right brain. So I think the best marketers are that 50-50 mix, but it is an art and a science. And so there is no, you know, secret answer or, you know, silver bullet in terms of coming up with, you know, what will be successful, what really is successful is going back to the customer and your future customer. What do they like? What do they not like? And then drive your decisions based on the data, as well as, you know, creative testing, you know, A-B testing. Okay, well, you know, does our customers like this color? And so colors are something that are often overlooked. Because it does change the mood of your audience, for example, or even your landing pages. You know, Are you going to use a red color versus an orange color? And there's many studies out there. HubSpot, for example, has some great studies about how to better convert through colors on landing pages. So really, it's, it's testing on the creative side and then also using the data to, to go into that whole conversion funnel of well, how many, how many people are, are converting based on how many people land on our landing page, for example.
0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over one million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Vacation starts with VA.
0: One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing.
1: All that you love is is all in one trip. Start yours at Virginia.org.:
0: So with uh, AB testing, you know we, yeah, we do a, a ton of that here uh, in my firm as well, but that's kind of starting to delve into you know the, the algos and AI and whatnot and how much? And you know, I should probably be asking you what the future of uh, it's probably a loaded question now. but like, you know what the future of, of marketing is, and, and I keep hearing AI, AI, AI. One, do you think that is the future? and, and two, if so, have you used? A lot of AI in your marketing campaigns?
1: I think we've used more AI when it comes to digital advertising because of how much numbers you crunch when it comes to Google ads, for example, or LinkedIn ads. So our agency that helps us manage our digital ads definitely uses more AI. I think marketers are going there. It is, quote unquote, that shiny object. And I think we're figuring out where AI is going, but it's definitely going there. And I think you need to make sure that, you know, AI works for you. So when you're sleeping at night, for example, it's working for you. So when you come back and you know check what's going on overnight, you can take advantage of that. But there will always be some kind of manual or human part of it. And I think really figuring out how to marry the two together is, is where marketing is going. But I definitely think AI was definitely something that it will help marketers in the future.
0: So you've been in finance, tech, media, entertainment, and now you're working for a globally managed cloud provider. What's your favorite industry? And, and, you know, you were at National Geographic, PBS, like you've done it all. What's been one of the memorable industries you worked in?
1: Well, I mean, obviously everyone, you know, thinks of entertainment because, you know, you have, you know, I've worked with Cesar Milan, the Dog Whisperer, Lisa Ling, you know, and I have that National Geographic brand on it. You know, it's really fun for the audience, but behind the scenes, it's a lot of hard work. And I'm not, you know, complaining about hard work, but it's not all glamorous behind the scenes. So I've really fell in love with uh, technology, but I think really the worlds are shifting where companies through content marketing are becoming like media companies. So I think the world of technology and entertainment are intertwining, um, even marketing per se. So I'm very blessed to have those three together of marketing, technology, entertainment. And so since those are my three favorite topics, I think companies are, are moving forward into you know, combining those and the best brands out there really do well in those three different industries.
0: What are you writing right now for your blog?
1: I write a lot about a lot of topics, marketing, life's lessons, self-improvement, productivity, inspiration. You know, I write a lot of different topics when it comes to media, but then on my you know, regular blog, it's more digital marketing. So, uh, but, you know, I ventured out into doing some more career-focused articles because I found, uh, you know, a lot of marketers are, are wrestling with some topics that go beyond just, you know, standard marketing.
0: Any for instance? So, you mean some topics? Like, like some topics? Like yeah. Like so. Yeah. So you're talking about career things mm-hmm. uh, that some people are interested in. You're, you're right. Marketers also, also have careers. So, what kind of advice are you writing for them? Is there anything? So you can share? recently,
1: I've been writing a lot about leadership skills and then the habits you need to form. I think that's okay. very critical. That a lot of marketers maybe don't form the right habits when it comes to the fundamentals. Right. And you got to really master the fundamentals so that you can do the advanced stuff. Um, When it comes to marketing automation and some of these other AI, some of these other advanced stuff you need to do. So also leadership skills. I think it's important to communicate your strategy well. I think a lot of marketers maybe don't communicate their strategy, such as strategy on a page, you know, because the strategy dictates the tactics. You can do a lot of tactics. That doesn't mean necessarily you're going in the right direction.
0: 100%, 100%.
1: Um. So Uh, I think sometimes we often lose the strategy and asking, well, why are we doing this thing? Why are we doing this little tactic (laughs) over here? Is this going to add to the bigger picture? And if it doesn't, then why are you even doing this little tactic? So really, it comes back to setting the strategy and then communicating the strategy. Going back to my previous point, everyone thinks they're the marketing experts at your company outside the marketing department. So it's really important to make sure you know marketing and to communicate the strategy of marketing and how that meets the business goals because your marketing strategy needs to align with your, your business strategy and really support that. And if you're doing tactics that don't meet your marketing strategy or even don't meet your business strategy, you shouldn't be doing those. And so there's a lot of potential ways that marketers do because it doesn't align with the strategy.
0: Do you have any tips or, or links to go to to learn how to write really good strategy? Or
1: I've written many blog posts about that. On, um, yeah. on, uh, I even have a template for strategy on a page that I highly recommend. Um, and one of the things that, especially when you become a new person into a marketing department, there's a lot of assumptions, underlying assumptions you have to understand that are maybe said or not said within your department that you have to overcome. So for example, when I first started one of my previous jobs at, at Forsyth, I came in and, and understood well, how was marketing perceived at this time? And then how do you change that to add more value? And so that uh the the C suite, as well as your sales leadership and even your uh you know, product leadership really sees the value in marketing. So really it's those under it's that cultural part. Because culture, you know, can eat strategy for lunch. You know that's one of the sayings, uh, and so culture is very important uh, to that strategy part.
0: So, uh, what's next for Matthew on your blog, like, what or your career? What What are you thinking?
1: So I'm I'm continuing just to move forward. So you know, I blog on New Knowledge Enthusiast. I write on Medium. I'm also launching a YouTube channel. So Knowledge Enthusiast on YouTube. And then I also have an email newsletter. So the, really, that's what I'm looking for in terms of of my own personal brand or those three channels. And then how I learn there and bring that into my day job with uh, Syntax. So uh, really, it's it's around digital marketing and lead journey and then continuing to be top-notch when it comes to content marketing, because that's really what what's that lead generation engine. And so got to keep concentrating on that lead generation engine so that marketing keeps adding that value to the business. And then now as we, we get that lead journey, I mean the lead generation part now we're, we're dabbling in such as we're, we're going to launch a global campaign here soon for syntax. Uh, we've had some recent acquisitions and now we're going to do some uh, uh, campaigns around one syntax, and really show that, hey, this is the what syntax can provide to our customers. So, but first start with lead generation and then move over to branding.
0: Okay. All right. So let's uh, go into our rapid fire round. Just to sure. get to know Matthew a little bit. Matthew Royce. Oh, by the way, it's Royce with an S, as he says in his Medium account. Yes, Rolls um, Royce with an S. That's correct. Rolls Royce with an S. Mm-hmm. So favorite app app uh spotify what kind of are you listening to music or podcasts on that
1: uh both so i love uh have you have you uh done this robin hood snacks minute
0: Mm -mm. what is that
1: it's uh robin hood is the financial company it's the 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 training company they have a minute where it goes over the the latest financial news so you know, it's a couple. It's a couple minutes, and it gets you some good updates every uh, day. And so, I love listening to that as well as music. Um, I listen to music all day if I'm not in meetings, and that really helps me with my stress management.
0: So, so the Robin Hood one, I haven't listened to it. Uh, I don't even think we can get Robinhood in in Canada. Yeah. But okay. is it talking about like uh, AMC and, and GameStop, or what are they talking about?
1: It just talks about the news that's in the uh, talks about financial news that's newsworthy. And these two guys just talk about the latest developments. It could be anywhere from Facebook news to, you know, a big brand news such as Coca-Cola, you name it. And then how does that impact their stock? So it's really cool. You know, you, you can kind of dip your water into understanding more about finance just by listening to that podcast.
0: Favorite band you're listening to on Spotify oh man
1: favorite band uh i you know i I grew up around dave matthews band and so Mm -hmm. uh that's my favorite band right
0: now i think i saw dave matthews at one of the woodstock concerts many years ago man that's a throwback are you a texter are you a talker phone or text
1: Uh, Definitely text, but uh, I make sure I I use phone at the appropriate times. What I've found is sometimes there's some miscommunication, especially over text. And so don't be afraid to pick up the phone call, even at work. i am seeing business texts on the rise and you may text people to get a hold of them. But don't be afraid to pick up and do voice because that's you sometimes lose some context or some nuances when you text too much.
0: Football, baseball, basketball?
1: I would say all of it. I mean, my favorite is college football, but that also is because I went to Penn State and, and Penn State football's you know, doing okay so far this year. So uh, I am a football guy to watch, but to play, it's definitely basketball. That's what I grew up with and that's what I played in high school.
0: Yeah, I'm not allowed to watch college ball because I, I watch NFL so on Sundays. I'm already you know, just planted in front of the, uh, the TV, to have my I, life. You know, Saturdays as well. Like, forget it. Like, there's just no way. I I watched uh the NFL
1: Network's red zone coverage. It was a free oh, trial and it got man. me hooked. I mean,
0: with Great. no commercials
1: and seeing all the best games, I was hooked on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I have something like that too now. Are you a cake guy or a pie guy?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh I would say I'm a cake guy because my favorite birthday cake is ice cream cake.
0: Any flavor in particular?
1: I love the the just the the vanilla ice cream, but then you have that little Oreo cookie
0: type uh, stuff within mm-hmm. it. It's it's really good. delicious. Favorite superhero?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, I would say probably
0: probably Spider Man. Favorite snack at a ball game?
1: At a ball game, I love the nachos.
0: Yeah. I'm a garlic fries guy.
1: Ooh, I can't yeah. go wrong. It depends on the game. I mean, certain games have better food than others. But you know, if you just had to do a traditional food, you can't go wrong with, with nachos. You can't go wrong with chicken nuggets and fries either.
0: Chicken nuggets and fries. It gets messy though, doesn't it? Like it's just, yeah. like, I guess nachos do too, really. Mm-hmm. Favorite marketing and or lead generation campaign that you've seen or written on? I would
1: say my favorite is Progressive Insurance. I love the flow camp, the the flow and (laughs) the advertising. I just I love seeing those TV commercials, and I love what Progressive Insurance is doing. I'm a real big fan of Jeff Charney. He's the chief marketing officer. You know, I love his saying. You know, he once said that he's his company takes the network strategy approach, and what I mean by that, he says. He says, Progressive Insurance is a combination of all three. So they have the breadth of ESPN, the innovation of Netflix, and the original content programming of HBO. Just think about that. If you have those three things, you're going to be quite a powerful brand. And I just love what Progressive Insurance is doing.
0: Mm, That's great. And so where do you think marketing is heading?
1: I think we're heading is you need to have enough content to be binge worthy. So have you not binge your favorite favorite shows and so you have enough content so that if someone just comes to your site, they can binge all your content like in a you know couple hours, maybe a day. And so you just gotta make sure you have enough great content to become binge worthy. We're we're in a society with Netflix and HBO and streaming. That, uh, you know, things are on demand. And so, you know, think about that with your website. Are people to come to your website and can you become that go-to place so that uh, your audience comes there and they can just binge on your content?
0: I I haven't had any guests say that, but I mean, okay, so if we're doing that, you're not saying just quantity, right? You're also saying quality because there are so many people... You need both. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So there's
1: always this, uh, you know, debate. Do you, do you do quality or quantity? You got to have, you got to have both, really, to be successful.
0: So now you're writing Tuesdays and Thursdays on on the blog, but then you're also got the YouTube channel. You're also writing on Medium. So how how much content are you actually producing on a weekly basis, or is it just the Tuesdays Thursdays?
1: So I do Tuesday, Thursdays on my blog. Sometimes I almost produce daily on Medium. And then I do weekly on YouTube. And then I do weekly on my email newsletter. So there's a lot of content that you need, but there's different channels. One of the tips I found, at least for my email newsletter, is I've kept it simple. And I just give 10 ideas for my email newsletter. And I I usually go back to my old content And it's only a one-sentence idea. So you get 10 one-sentence ideas every week. And I come up with my best 10 ideas from my previous content. And that's how I find my email newsletter content. So don't be afraid to go back and look at your content and take the best out of. Because people will love that you can bring the best out of your content and put it in one nice little simple format that can be consumed. So even though you create a lot of content, always you know, be that curator. So when I say, what I mean by curator is like being a museum curator of the best art or a DJ that curates the best uh, music for a wedding. You know, Think about curating not only your best content, but also curating the best content of other people. So if you do have, you know, not enough time to do that, you know, become a really good curator.
0: Let me ask you this. So I'm going to circle back to what you, your earlier point about, you know, tactics and strategies. Yes. So you got a lot of tactics. You got newsletters. you got blog. you got, yeah. you know, medium, mm-hmm. YouTube, blah, 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 and you're doing it almost every day. Yeah. So the strategy with a why, right? I know you're just doing it for yourself, but I'm assuming, you know, well, The strategy bad. is
1: to help other people with digital marketing because they have a lot of questions and help them with their career. So, you know, I've written a lot of articles just as, what, did, what do I wish I would have knew when I was 20 years younger? So I want to help other people so that they can be more advanced than me and they can do it at earlier. So, you know, maybe it took me 20 years to get where I'm at. Maybe it'll help, you know, someone will do it in 10 years. So really my, my why is to help other people, you know, do digital marketing better, faster, cheaper, earlier in their careers. And so if I can help other people do that, you know, I'm doing my job.
0: Okay. So imagine that I am 20 years younger, just starting out my career you know right-eyed bushy-tailed mm-hmm. what would you what would you say now here's your free moment
1: well i would say you need to be a content create creator so you know if you're a good writer you know start writing your blog you know if you're a good if you love video you know you know start a youtube channel if you love podcasts like this start a podcast but just be a content creator earlier i wish i would have done that earlier in my career because everything you learn in your personal life will help your professional life. Because then when someone at work comes to you and says, hey, I want to launch a podcast at work. Well, guess what? You've been through all the trials and tribulations of launching a podcast in your, pro- in your personal life and you can help them, guide them with the right recommendations, the mistakes that you made and showing them how you can overcome those mistakes and really set a strategy for how you do a podcast correctly. And so everything you learn can be relevant to what you do in your day job.
0: Super cool! All right, Matthew. Hey, thank you very much um, for joining us today. Where can people find you? Well, clearly, you got a ton. Just let's let's plug them here.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on knowledgeenthusiast.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. I also have a uh, YouTube channel. So just search Knowledge Enthusiast. And so those are my main areas of where you can find me and I look forward to to connecting with you guys when you reach out.
0: Awesome. Hey, Matthew, thank you very much. And everybody, thank you for listening. Check out knowledgeenthusiast.com. Get those career tips, get those marketing tips and remember lead generation so that you can get provide more value, right? And, And not be such a cost center, I think is what Matthew said. All right. Yes. All right. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you, Ted. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors Travis Jeffers and the Podfather.